What is up, party people? Today, I have the one and only Coco. She is somebody that I found on the internet during COVID um, because of her viral videos about standards when it comes to dating and your self-worth as a woman. And it's so funny. Like, there's this, like, flair to the videos that – they're just so fucking hilarious, but then they're also true. And you're like, wait, how is this funny and true at the same time? <laughs> and then I was hooked on Coco's videos. And then I sent her a DM one day. I was like, you're fucking amazing. Hello. Can we be friends? And then I met her in Miami about a year ago. Can you believe that was a year ago at this point? Wow. And here we are recording now um, with with the this everything you need is within podcast and i'm so excited to give you guys a deeper look into coco into her process as a creator with her podcast and all her viral content also with her mental health as a creator um and with her physical health so um i'm really really excited to introduce you all to coco hello <laughs> hello everyone Gigi oh, and wow. Coco, we're such a interesting combo. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to share everything. I I'm a pretty open book, so let's yeah. dive into all of my dark deep secrets. Ooh, dark deep secrets! Wow, I didn't know we were going that far, but like totally can. No, I'm kidding. Um, you never so, know. so I think the first question I would like to ask you is about confidence I think that's a really good one because that also applies to the world of social media and I, I would I would love to kind of tackle that first and foremost when did you develop the sense of confidence that you have and was it always there it was not always there I was always very intrigued by the world I was always very curious and a little backstory I'm originally from Croatia and I moved to the U.S. when I was 22 and looking back, you have to, I mean, I absolutely had a lot of confidence in myself to do such a huge leap and leave my entire family mm -hmm. back home and just like move to a different continent. So I guess I did have confidence, but I never even knew that was confidence. It was just like who I am. And I was just always very ambitious and I was always going after what I wanted because I know nobody else is going to do it for me. And since a young age, I was always very into self-development and learning about myself and self-awareness. It's so funny. My, I have photos on my phone since 2013. I have mm -hmm. a pretty large storage. So I saw that even back then I was saving pictures, you know, those quotes on, I don't know what it was, Tumblr back then or something. Yeah. And it was like, be the person you want to be. No, be the, no, be the person you want to meet or something like that. So mm -hmm. I was always into this world. But then obviously, you know, in my 20s, I'm 31 now. In my 20s, I was going through a lot of different phases Sometimes I loved myself. Sometimes I completely hated myself. But mm -hmm. luckily now, I feel like when you turn 30, you just are okay with who you are and you're just working on being the best person you can be, I would say. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I also think we should remind all of our younger listeners, I would say like under 30, I guess, is what you're referring to, that mm -hmm. it's okay to go through those. And even once you're not 30, like that it's okay to go through these ebbs and flows where you don't like yourself because we're human. And that's like a, a natural part about being human. I'm not saying, yeah, be like, 
bad and low on yourself all the time, but like you're allowed to cry. You're supposed to feel this range of emotions. If you don't, then it's like a little like, hello, is there a real person in there? <laughs> um, so I, I, yeah. <laughs> I definitely like go through that myself um, of these, these times where I don't always love the things that I've done in the, in the past. I mean, I, I think that's – have you ever, like, had a time where you spiraled, um, I guess, when when it comes to, like, mental health where you just, like, completely were, like, I don't even recognize myself. Like, I don't like the person I am in that moment. And if – if or, like yes. – Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I think, first off, when I was growing up – I mean, I'm not, like – old but I yeah. feel like I'm different than Gen Z because we didn't have social media in a sense mm -hmm. that, like people yeah. grew up with yeah, today like it was this today it's so much harder to you know be secure in yourself because you're bombarded with all these people who are quote-unquote perfect and they have all these amazing things and they're traveling the world and then sometimes you're in your in your house and you're like what did I do wrong like why don't I have all these experiences mm -hmm. but you have to know that social media is such a small part of somebody's life and people are faking their lives online like let's be real you know people are sitting at home literally pretending like they're in Saint Tropez so like make yeah please I want your listeners to know that that is also the case sometimes but yeah. when it comes to my mental health and my struggles I was in a pretty long relationship at mm -hmm. some point and I completely lost my identity I was identifying myself with that relationship and I kind of just stopped working on myself and the things that made me happy. I was just focused on making that work. And when I realized that that relationship was not really going where I wanted it to go, I just started losing myself and I didn't know what was going on. And that was in my 20s. So that's why I was, my 20s were like amazing, but also very confusing because I thought I wanted one thing, but obviously life decided differently. and. I just think that you always need to be, you have to check in with yourself pretty often. And like, you have to be aware and you have to, you know, if you see yourself that you don't hang out with your friends anymore, that you don't do things that make you happy, that you are going to bed upset every day, you're waking up crying. Like you mm. have to uh, realize something is going on and that you have to check in with yourself and you need to take control of your life. And I know mm -hmm. it's easiest to blame the circumstances and blame everything else, but you are the only person that is responsible for your happiness. And when you give another person or another situation that power, they're in control of you. And that's what happened with me. I was I was putting all of my self-worth, I was connecting it to that relationship. And when I saw that relationship was not going the way I wanted it to go, I was like, wait that that means that means that I am nobody because that was who I was and luckily I was able to afford therapy and I that completely changed my life and that got me out of my funk and it was a long 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 journey I was you know I was I mean even today sometimes I think I have PTSD from that situation but I mean healing is not easy Mm -hmm. I think the first step is just realizing that something is going on and understanding that it's very normal and that you just have to take control and start working and getting better, I would yeah. say. And also, once you're at or in a better place, it's not to say that 
you won't get triggered or that some days you might not remember those those moments yeah. from the the past which does definitely happen um to the best of us and the worst of us so yeah. i think i think it is for better or for worse but like you're saying the best thing that you can do is recognize where you need to improve and if you have the resources or Um, Maybe you don't have the resources. At the very least, you can talk to people and find like different things on the internet. Like I'm not saying use the internet as a coping mechanism, but there are definitely things that are more affordable, that are crowdsourced, that are, um, you know, in-person support groups where you can seek those those kinds of uh, resources. Honestly, podcasts are such a good resource. I feel like- I wish I had podcasts, you know, when I was going, I didn't really listen to podcasts back then, but podcasts are such a great way of getting to know people on a deeper level and listening to their stories. And sometimes, obviously you're not gonna, you know, change your mindset from one podcast, but you need to just continuously work on being just like work on yourself. I think that's what I learned through my entire self-love healing journey that it, you know, you are, you need to focus on yourself because this, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I think I've said it five times already. Like you literally just need to work on yourself and trying to be the best version you can be. Have you ever dealt with like judgment from friends when you've been working on yourself and been deemed as like selfish or like you're doing just something kind of like (laughs) audacious and crazy? Um, I, I ask because I know for myself, like I like to do things like get facials and massages and get my nails done. And that's a form of like meditation and self-care because as you know, life is a creator. I mean, life is a creator aside, but just for this specific example, since it's like mutual, mm-hmm. is just like people are like, I don't get it. Like you're just spending so much money. Like it does, how is that self-care? Like how are you taking care of yourself? And I'm like doing those things gives me an hour and a half to three hours to just zen out and not be on my phone and not focus on anything other than getting designs, little heart-shaped designs on my nails <laughs> um, in Super that given cute, day. Oh, thank you. Um, so I'm wondering if like you've ever been judged by friends and family uh, for for doing that and if or anything else for that matter. And if so, what did you do to kind of set that boundary of being like, nope, this is what I need to do? I wouldn't say that I was ever judged by my friends and family doing that version of self-care because Mm -hmm. as I said like I left when I was 22 and my parents Mm -hmm. were trying really hard to get me move back to Croatia but they realized that I I'm just gonna do whatever I want to do I am obviously not gonna hurt anybody but like if I think that my life for me is better in America Mm -hmm. currently living in Miami that's what I'm gonna do but I I mean I get a lot of trolls obviously online that I think I, I posted a video recently about like self-worth and when you treat yourself with love and respect that you're never gonna even blink twice if you see a low effort person coming into your life and then somebody I mean there's that video was I mean that video blew up so like a lot of trolls obviously come to the video and then somebody commented recently saying I don't know how applying lip balm is self-care and I just said well self-care means different things for different people Mm mm-hmm for you, self-care might be, I don't know, reading a book for somebody is going to be watching a TV show. I mean, I don't think you should just like, you need to treat your body right. But 
you can't really judge other people what their version of self-care is, especially if you're not paying for it. Like, why, why do you think you have a say on what people do with their own free time? Yeah. But I, I got a lot of judgment from friends who are not friends anymore, obviously, when I started posting my mm -hmm. content and when it was because I used to be a makeup artist and then I changed my content after the pandemic it was not like pre-planned but I started just posting random thoughts and I was just speaking to the camera and it was just different nobody was really doing it from at least in my circles people were still pretending to live this you know Instagram life this picture perfect everybody's happy life and I was just spitting facts let's say and yeah I was I started this Instagram I, sorry TikTok I started this TikTok series things I wish I knew before I moved to Miami And I was just getting a lot of attention and I wasn't really used to that. And then I just saw that people like to hear me speak. They might not agree with me. And obviously I, I'm totally fine with that. We're all different. You don't agree with your best friend about everything. Mm -hmm. Why would you agree with a random person on the internet? Duh. But I just <laughs> saw that it got a lot of attention. And a lot of people were just opinionated. And they, I mean, I had some acquaintances I, I, I they're not friends obviously anymore but I had some people telling me like Coco your post so much uh, like nonsense I'm gonna have to unfollow you I'm like okay unfollow me bye bye mm -hmm. but yeah I mean you can really I mean I know it's easier said than done you can't let it get to you but you can't because you are living your own life and why do you care about an opinion of somebody that's I mean It's, I, it's, I, I always had this mentality that I just like, I don't care what other people think as long as it's making me happy. Again, mm -hmm. I'm not going to hurt anybody, but you know, if, if somebody has an opinion about me, why do I care about their opinion more than my own opinion? If yeah. I think this content is okay, if this content is entertaining somebody, if it's helping somebody, why would I stop doing that? Because some rando told me that I should stop posting. Yeah. What about you? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. One of my favorite quotes that like I live by is it's none of my business what other people think of me. So literally so aligned mm -hmm. with what you just said. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I also dealt with a lot of judgment with the content that I was posting um, just online in general. I mean, I was still in college at the time. So you know how petty motherfuckers can be around that age. Um, <laughs> and I just think that it's like, whoa like we all just need to have more compassion for each other like why do you care about my business like what like it's not mm -hmm. doing anything for you and if you're like jealous of it then you can just have a conversation like a mature adult like I had a conversation with one of my friends most uh kind of recently about you know just jealousy of like wow like I see where you're at I see the blue checks I see the revenue I see the partnerships I see the audience and like I'm kind of jealous of it and then I'm like okay well jealousy is I guess natural like at least we're having a productive conversation I'm like are there times where <laughs> you you don't feel like being my friend because of this jealousy because that's what that's the root of it right if you can talk about it that's one thing if they can't be your friend because of it that's where things get weird so we had this productive conversation I'm like hey don't you think I'm jealous about xyz things in your life like <laughs> um mm -hmm. for example mm -hmm. like I have a very, very mild, very slim dating 
past and that's just like a choice that I made to because I wanted to focus on my my life and something else that I talk very openly about my health and my friend that is in this example is like out on the town dates all the time once or twice a week um new people been in many relationships and I'm just like that is something that maybe I think I crave but don't necessarily need and vice versa right so I think Mm -hmm. those things are just important to think about and remember that like what someone else has isn't what you need like you have everything that you need to really power through so I wanted to talk a little bit now about standards because I (laughs) favorite topic (laughs) yeah because you are the queen of standards as I mentioned on IG stories um and just in general you just are um can you just tell us how you you made these standards like your own and how you drew the line like what was the defining moment that happened where you're like no or like also just you know in, in general with relationships like when Let's say, I mean, I'm 24. Advice you would give me, right? Like, but not not the like, oh, don't de- blow your standards. How do you define your standards, first of all? And second of all, when you're young, how do you like a- attract and also um, communicate those high standards out into the world so that you can attract like a high value partner? Okay, let's start with, yeah, I always... One knew yeah I (laughs) I I always knew who I was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean besides that little moment when I was like a little lost but I always knew in general who I was and I know what I bring to the table and I know that I'm a very giving person that I'm a kind person that I like I just knew what my good qualities were and I know how much I bring into a relationship since we're talking about relationships right now like romantic relationships And I just never really let anybody treat me less than I want to be treated. But that also comes down to like knowing who you are and just like not taking any low effort bullshit from somebody who just is not rising up to it. And I, I was, I don't know if you're going to call this lucky or unlucky. I had a lot of, you know, relationships growing up. I was I was very curious. I loved meeting people. And I had the chance to date some guys who really treated me like a queen. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that is out there and it's very possible. Mm. So when somebody would come into my life and they wouldn't really, you know, I'm still very traditional growing up in Europe. Stuff like, you know, opening my door or I know like now that's pretty much extinct, but (laughs) I'm bringing it back. Um, just those little things that make you feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. I would communicate it. I think that's really important that you need to communicate what you want in a relationship because people are not mind readers, romantic and friendship and everyone. Like mm-hmm. you, you need to say, you need to ask for what you want because what's that saying? Closed mouth, don't get fed or something mm-hmm. like that. Like you just have to ask for what you want. And then if that person is not willing to give it to you, like you, you, you can, you, you, you know, the answer. So for example, if you're dating somebody and they are not calling you enough and they're not texting you enough, you got to tell them, but also a really important part is your approach. Let me, let me explain yeah. that a little bit. So if you are dating somebody and you want them to text you more, 
you have two different approaches. One approach can be, you never text me. You are, I know you're on your phone and you never text me, blah, blah, blah. This is you nagging and complaining and attacking him. Think about it. When you are yeah. attacking somebody and you're telling them what they're doing wrong, they're probably just going to, you know, be defensive and they're yeah, going to put this course. wall and they're going to be like, that's not true. You're so fucking needy. And it's just going to go back and forth, back and forth. That is not the approach I, su I suggest. <laughs> I think the approach you should go with is telling that person, I would, and this is something I learned in therapy. You always have to come from what you want and what you feel. So you have to start with, I would feel loved or appreciated or whatever you want to use. Mm -hmm. Because it would really mean a lot to me if you would text me more. It would really mean a lot to me if you would call me when you go to bed because that makes me feel loved. Mm, it's, mm -hmm. the it's the same message. You're telling yeah. him that he's not texting you enough. He's not reaching out enough. But you're just coming from you and you're saying, this is what I want and this is what I need. And this is what I expect from my partner. And then you're going to see their behavior. If they change their behavior, amazing. If they don't change their behavior, well, then you got your answer. Again, people are not mind readers. Maybe some, I know today people have different like texting etiquettes and some people don't like phone calls. Some people do like phone calls, but like you just need to express what you want. And then it's up to them to either rise up to the occasion or walk away. But you have to know when to walk away because mm -hmm. you can't, especially in your 20s, I wish I did not stay in some long, shitty relationships because you're just wasting so much time, prime time, because you are getting to know who you are. And if mm -hmm. you're, and I don't mean prime time that like you're, when you're 30, you're old. First of all, I, 30s are so much fun. Let, let me tell you that right now, because you finally know who you are. But if you're with the same person who's treating you like shit throughout your 20s, you're wasting your time and you're not getting to know yourself. You're not getting, you're not going to get the chance to travel and go out with your girlfriends and do all these fun things. And that's how you build character. And that's how you build experiences. Totally. Yeah. I, I really, I like the, the different approaches thing as well. And I feel like in all of the years in some ways of, you know, just like being single, I have built my business and I've learned how to communicate with almost any kind of person. And as a result, mm -hmm. as I'm, dare I say, entering a new era of my life, if you catch my drift here, um, I feel like okay. I've been able to be mm -hmm. such a forward thinking communicator to the point where I do know what works and what doesn't. I'm like, hey, by the way, I just wanted to bring something up. I felt judged when XYZ transpired and I just wanted to put that out there because it really wasn't okay with me. And if you're going to continue this kind of behavior, you can't be around me. Like mm -hmm. you don't get access. You won't yeah. get access. This is over. Um, I didn't say it like that. Don't worry. Did not say it like that. <laughs> but that was like how I said it in in my mind kind of where I'm like, Nobody yeah. gets to interfere with who I am and I feel like or like get in my my periphery or even in my bubble of popping of popping my bubble. Like nobody's going to get in my way in any way mm -hmm. um, to the point where I would enable myself to lose myself. And 
I don't know. In in some ways, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm like an older – people are always like, you're such an old soul. And I'm like, I don't really know how to take yeah, that. Yeah, you are though. Like when I <laughs> met you, I would not know that you were like – you were what, 23 when we met? Maybe even yeah. younger? Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would not really guess. But it's also because of your work ethic and you yeah. are, you know, a go-getter. So I think that's – right. Which is totally fine, but that's something that I realize, like, I have that a lot of my friends don't, where, like, they're not able to communicate that. They're like, how are you able to, like, super communicate? And I'm just like, because there's no other way. There's literally not. It's either you're doing something that's going to put a roadblock in your way, or you're just going to, like, let and and let people walk over you, or you're going to get what you want. Like I think do people it. are yeah. scared to say people are scared to say what they want because they're scared that whatever request they have is gonna get wait, let me say this again. People are scared to say what they want because they're more willing to stay in that shitty relationship than lose that relationship. Yes. Because they Yes. They think that being alone is worse than being treated that way. And that is not the yeah. case. Like you need to no. be happy and secure and feel safe in your relationship. Absolutely. And like I personally love going on trips alone. I love going out to the coffee store alone. I love doing things for myself. Like I I don't – I mean would I – do I like the doors open for me and my meals paid for? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but like – I also really need my alone time and and my alone space to the point where like I genuinely like cherish it. Like my nighttime wind down is like me time. It's like I Mm -hmm. set my hatch alarm clock on. I get into my bed at seven (laughs) o'clock. I read a book for an hour. I meditate for an hour. Maybe I will call a handful of people just to be like, hey, good night. Love you. XO. Bye. Just like my friends because like I I think that's – important and then in the morning I have a similar routine I wake up I either like go on a walk meditate read a book get in the cold shower do the infrared sauna um and that's like my morning and those are things that are like super non-negotiable but as I I do those things I I think it becomes a part of who I am to the point where like nobody can take like my ethic away from me and that's just something mm-hmm. I pride myself in. And that's why I think also liking what you do for your job is so, so important. Um, so on that Absolutely. note, can we talk a little bit about career shifts? Maybe? Let's do it. Actually, before, before we do mm-hmm. that, there's another question I wanted to ask about on the standards and relationship front, which was the follow-up to the first question. So I will get back into this work ethic mm-hmm. thing later. Um, the question was, how mm-hmm. do you build those standards um, out for yourself? Like, how do you figure out like, oh, yeah, like a standard of mine is that I go out and – well, I know one of yours that you talk about on the internet is that like guys should always be paying like until a certain – until a certain Absolutely. point in the relationship, right? <laughs> um, and they, they should be like opening doors yeah. or sending you cars and like all of those things. Like how do you build those? How do you know where to even start? Like what would what would Coco do? <laughs> for those of your – for those listeners who don't know what, what would Coco do is, mm-hmm. this is my little Instagram series that I do weekly, actually biweekly on Instagram. So – Feel free it's, to drop a question. It's very there. entertaining. I've left many questions. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. 
<laughs> so when it comes to standards and how do you actually know what your standards are? I think that we all have a feeling deep inside that is telling the telling us what is right and what is wrong. So we're we're all different. And I want to say like wh what I'm preaching on my socials is not like a law. You can do whatever you want and whatever feels <laughs> right. Like some girls are just raised in a different way and some girls are totally fine with mm -hmm. splitting bills and they're totally fine with I mean, first of all, what I'm saying, when I say that a guy has to pay for all the dates, that's in the beginning courting stages when right. your guys are not official. Obviously, when you get into a relationship, you're going to contribute. You don't yeah. have to like take your card and pay the dinner, but you're going to contribute into that relationship. Like if you guys are living together, obviously you're going to pay for your living expenses yeah it does it's not like so black and white and i think that a lot of times when i'm talking about standards and how a guy should treat a woman people are taking it very literal but they don't even know what i'm talking about exactly but that's the world that we live in online isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you just need to you like for example some women who grew up in the scandinavia part that's pretty close to croatia they're raised totally different. They absolutely are forcing to pay for their own part mm. at the dinner table. But that's just the way they grew up. So that's what I'm saying. We're all different. So you know what your standards are. for. But where I come from, and I don't mean Croatia, where, where my standards are coming from, like I want a guy who is going to, I mean, I'm in a very happy relationship right now, but if I would, if, my boyfriend, when he was, when we started dating, he would take me out to nice places because he kind of saw the person I am. And I feel like mm -hmm. you don't have to vocalize your standards right away. Like don't say everything right away because nobody really wants to be told what to do. Nobody really yeah. wants to be like, yo, you need to take me to a nice restaurant. You need to do this. You need to do that. You should keep that mystery a little bit. Like let them show you who they are. Because if, if a guy, yeah, this is a really important thing. If a guy asks you, what kind of man do you want? Mm. Don't tell him because he's going to do whatever he can to fit into that mold that you, that you told him, like, this is the guy I want X, Y, Z, blah, blah. And then he's going to pretend that he's that guy. Maybe he is that guy, but he's most mm -hmm. likely going to pretend he's that guy to win you over. And then you're going to be confused and heartbroken. You're like, okay, what just happened there? So just let wow. them show you who they are. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you to decide whether or not you're going to stay in this relationship. Throughout your dating, obviously, as I said in the beginning, you have to communicate and you have to say what you want, but not so obviously not in the first five dates. You don't have to be aggressive and be like, you got to open every single door. But you can say, you know, it it feels nice when you open my door. It, you know, and guys are very, like, if you say something in a nice way and you're like, maybe, you know, you touch their shoulder or like you <laughs> cuddle them a little bit, mm -hmm. they're way more receptive. That's a little <laughs> surprise, manipulation surprise. technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you have to, I mean, a lot of girls write to me and they're like, I can't, I just can't do this. I feel embarrassed. I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? If you tell a guy that you want him to send you, like when I used to live in New York and I was single, I would tell guys, okay, send me an Uber. And if they would say no, I'd be like, okay, I, okay, never mind then. Like I, you know, I would say something. I don't even remember back then. But like you set a standard and then you can see how far he's gonna, you know, mm -hmm, is he mm -hmm. gonna agree with that or not? 
Yeah. I'm not saying that every single guy you're dating has to send you an Uber, but at the same time, why not? It's a $20 Uber and it shows chivalry and it's showing that he cares about your safety and how you're going to get to mm-hmm. the date. Yeah. And then people are going to say, well, you can pay for your own Uber. Yeah. But if I want my man to do that, I have the right to want that. Yeah. If he, and there's so many people in, on this planet that if one guy doesn't really... You know, you have to find somebody with similar values. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but you have to value the same things. Yeah, totally. I really, really like and appreciate that because I think especially like coming out of college, it's just like the standard that like (laughs) the guys that are around in college are either going to be like a a quick time or Mm -hmm. they're just going to be like low effort and everything's convenient because you're right there on campus right you might not even need mm-hmm. an uber it's like walk over to to my place or like they come to you right like they don't they don't bring you stuff and i don't know i just think the american college system has in some ways made dating really really fucked because <laughs> of just the easy access and then i mean the dating apps also which mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. how would you kind of recommend people who are maybe trying to find a high quality person do it um in today's world whether that's dating apps or in person when it comes to dating apps you really need to be witty with your prompts and i posted something a while ago you can say something in a sense like my love language is and then you can write i don't know whining and dining my love language is traveling the world I don't know something that you really want and that you expect to do with your partner Mm. I I can I can share more prompts Gigi later on or wait let me think about it let me let me think about it give me a second um actually I I can't think about it right now but I think yeah just cut this part out but you just like have to be witty about your prompts and just like Throw in something like my favorite date would be, I don't know, dinner here and then drinks there or something like that. Just be specific. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to in-person dating, I think that the way to meet people in person, that's what I mean. You have to be very open and receptive. A lot of times girls go out, let's say if you're a group of girls and you go go out to a bar and it's like five of you. It's very rare that a guy is going to approach a group of five girls because, I mean, who would do that? I mean, some guys would do that, but it's very scary to approach such a big group and you're automatically probably going to get rejected Mm -hmm. because they're just, you know, they're also going to stick together and like, look at us, we're, you know, blah, blah. But if you go out with, let's say, I think three is the best number and I'll tell you why. Let's say if you go out with two more girlfriends and you sit at the bar look around like be open like look around and like make eye contact with people if you like somebody smile like (laughs) it's not that hard yeah and if they approach you that's why I say three is the best number if they approach three girls and let's say Gigi you like one of the guys that approached you you can be like oh let's get let's grab a drink on you know in another bar or on the other side of the bar and that way if you just went out with one friend you would not leave her alone you know, at the bar. Right. But if it's three of you, you can go and have a drink with that guy on the other side of the bar. Mm. And then these two friends can still stay 
or maybe right. there's like a few guys with him so you guys can all have drinks together but basically when it comes to meeting people in real life just be open and receptive you don't have to obviously flirt with every single guy who comes your way but there's nothing wrong in being nice or just saying hello yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I feel like you would find this interesting. Like, I was always like, I'm such a girl boss. Like, I'm so, like, like too, I'm, like, too good to meet someone at a bar. Like, I'm just, like, out with the girls. And so I would automatically close myself off to meeting people. Like, I would automatically mm -hmm. just be like, yes, I have a resting bitch face, but, like, I can, like, smile, you know? But, like, even so, I think energetically I was just operating on a, like, my hands are crossed. Like I might have big tits, but my hands are crossed. It means you're not getting anything from me. <laughs> and like, I just think it made, it made going out just like miserable because I always felt like I was the person that like wasn't getting hit on and I wasn't getting attention, but it was also because I didn't want the attention subconsciously or maybe consciously. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you just, yeah, you just told, you, you just said it. Like you had, like, if your hands are like this, yeah, why would anybody approach you? Like, exactly. think, think about this. If you're at a networking event and you're just standing in the corner yeah. and you're staring at your phone nobody's gonna approach you no because no you, you seem like nobody like you don't want to talk to anyone right I'm also talking about a couple years ago this isn't me now um mm -hmm. I don't go out past nine <laughs> now Gigi's open <laughs> now now Gigi's um d doesn't go to bars <laughs> um but yeah I I think that it's definitely really uh, just good advice and you know again like when you're like in college or you're you know at a frat party like you're not gonna meet your husband there like the likelihood mm -hmm. I mean actually I don't know my brother and his girlfriend they've yeah. been together for five years and they've been in a frat basement so <laughs> uh never say never folks you never know yeah you never know <laughs> you never know but also you don't have to when you said like you don't go to bars I agree with that you don't have to like meet somebody at a bar you can meet people everywhere you can like you just have to live your life in a way that so for example if you love going to soul cycle you you can meet somebody at a soul cycle class right right just again be open don't like sprint out the same second the class is over just like mingle in the front talk to the talk to somebody who works at the front desk and if you see a cute guy you can have a conversation like with the person at the front desk. And when this cute guy is passing by, you can ask the front desk person, do you know any good smoothie places around here? Mm. And then when this guy is passing, you can be like, do you know any good smoothie places around here? You know, you're like asking a question, but at the same time, if he thinks there's a vibe, he can be like, Oh yeah, I know. Join the juice right there. Let's go together. Yeah. So, you know, just like asking questions, you don't have to say, Oh, I want you to take me on a date. Right. But just like, right. you know, show a little bit of interest. Wait, I don't know. I can't hear you right now. Oh no, sorry. It froze for a sec, but Hello. I think okay, it was no, no, my, okay, I think good. it was my end. Um, but yeah, I got, I got all of that. Um, so yeah, that's also really helpful. And then I guess one more question I have, which is like very notorious that I think women specifically are like, ah, is the whole like, what are we, when do we define the relationship? Like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Um, especially if, you know, if maybe like there are a bunch of green flags like maybe the maybe the flags are all green for the most part and you're like yeah like this is this is cool do you just like wait it out how do you like really like just like accept what like it like it seems like it might be too good to be true 
and then how do you like accept that um or like mm-hmm. get in and yeah that's my question so let's say you're dating somebody and you like where things are going mm-hmm. but you also have to be very aware of the situation because a lot of times you meet someone and they have three green flags but you automatically add like five more Mm. because he you know has three green flags so you 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 assume that he's great and everything I always say you don't need to rush into relationships until you actually know the person a lot of times girls are like should I ask him after three dates or five dates or four dates I'm like you don't even know the guy like why would you want to be with somebody that you don't even know that's that's you're literally telling me that you are trying to find that missing piece Mm -hmm. but let me tell you you are Mm -hmm. not incomplete to begin with you just like you have to be so picky about who you're gonna date and it's always like girls are always thinking oh does he like me no it's about if you like him if you want him to be an addition in your life Mm -hmm. okay so let's say you like where things are going and you actually know the person And you can just tell him, listen, I'm in a phase in my life where I want a relationship and I, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, I mean, actually, I wouldn't say I'm just wondering. I would say I'm in a phase of my life where I want a relationship. Mm -hmm. Where's your head? Like, what do you want? I would never ask somebody, what are we? Or like, are we official? Because that's just like, I'm I'm an Aries. We don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a Taurus. We don't do that either. I would. (laughs) Oh, I I, I know. I know. You guys are, you're May, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I would just say, this is where I am. And this is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Are you on the same page? Mm. And if he starts being weird or he starts being like, you know, you know, acting all over the place, you know your answer. And I always say when you are just dating somebody in the very beginning, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be loyal until you're exclusive. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people are gonna be like, yo, why would I not be loyal? But it's because if you are exclusively dating a guy, but you're actually not exclusive, you're just creating this fake story in your head that you guys are a thing. Meanwhile, mm. he might be dating other girls around. And then let's say you find out that he's dating somebody on the side and then you're hurt, but you never really defined what you are. So, I mean, I don't want to say that you should just date multiple people at the same time all the time, but until you actually, I mean, I think that you should just date multiple people until you met that one guy that makes you want to drop everything else, like just yeah. erase everybody else from your roster because that's going to happen. And when you put all your eggs in one basket, you know, that's never really. Never really good. Yeah, totally. That's really great advice. I think especially about just like also think about like your your values and things like that and and Mm -hmm. how to communicate that and everything we talked about up until this point. Sorry, I had a little acid reflux, just girly things. Um, (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about career changes. So you mentioned you went from being a makeup artist to, you know, now having being a podcast host and doing social media full time. And with that, you also recently shared um, a couple of things regarding your health. Um, And I think it's becoming more and more common for people to share their health conditions and their 
struggles online, which I admire and I'm there with you uh, doing mm-hmm. that literally also because of what we both go through um, as women dealing with endometriosis. So I would love to just hear about kind of what your inclination was to share your story and also how we can help all of our, you know, people listening that, you know, live with endometriosis or that are women listening. So I'll start with what you mentioned about the career journey first. I was a makeup artist for the longest time and I just loved beauty and I was good at makeup and I just wanted to be a makeup artist. And I was trying to figure out the best way I can how to do that. And I was just Googling and I was trying to connect with people who were makeup artists. And I remember when I moved to New York, I was DMing every single makeup artist that I can find or find some kind of commonality, maybe a mutual friend or something. And I was just inviting them for lunch, for coffee. And I would just try to talk to them and learn how they did it. But now with social media, you can just literally go on a podcast and listen how somebody created the name for themselves. But it's always good to have that you know, personal touch and take somebody out for lunch and like, listen, hear Mm -hmm. their story. Mm -hmm. And I was just hustling and hustling and hustling. And I was working nonstop and I was working for free and I was assisting for a hundred dollars for 12 hours, but I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to be in that circle. And I just knew that if I am persistent enough, that things are going to happen for me. And then the pandemic happened And before that, I remember my last job was I was a makeup artist for Bloomingdale's. They Mm -hmm. were one of my regular clients because I had an agent back in New York. And I was shooting for Bloomingdale's and we were like, okay, there's this weird virus going on. Like Uh we're going to do the shoot the next week. Like we're going to finish it next week. And obviously the world shut down. And at the end of 2020, I was still living in New York back then. End of 2020 a lot of production companies were moving down to Miami and they were shooting in Miami because Miami was pretty open. Yes. And I was just flying back and forth and I realized that I was so happy in Miami and that during the pandemic, I went through that breakup and all this Mm -hmm. like mental health stuff. So I was just flying back and forth to Miami and I realized like, I'm so happy here. And I, I never really felt that feeling, you know, like when you're flying into your town Let's say you were on vacation, but you're flying back home and you're like, oh, I'm home. But I didn't feel that with New York anymore. I think it just drained me. I mean, I was there for seven and a half, eight years Mm. and I just felt very at peace in Miami. Mm -hmm. So I decided once again to move and I got my place in Miami for six months. And I was just trying to see like, how is like, am I going to be happy here? If I'm not going to be happy here, I can always move to New York. And that's when I started posting this things I wish I knew before I moved to Miami totally random and I was just trying like I was just testing things out you can't really know what you're super good at if you don't do things Mm -hmm. I also really wanted to start a podcast but I didn't know how to do it but you just I mean you just have to try I know that sounds like such a you know you just have to try but but you do (laughs) How, how are you gonna know if you're good at something if you don't try and sometimes you think that you want something and then you're gonna do it and you're like this is actually it kind of like it's it's not for me it it you know there's a lot of a lot of times all these fun jobs have a lot of annoying things that you have to do I didn't know that I'm gonna have to be on my email 24 7 now being a content creator and emailing with brands and you know doing the contracts I mean I have a manager who does my contracts but like you you, you're really glued to your computer often Mm -hmm. which people didn't know for example yeah and then when I started posting that things I wish I knew about Miami content 
that's when I, as I said before, like I just saw that people are interested in hearing me speak. And one thing after another, then I had this video again that blew up about dating and I saw that people just want to talk about more. They want to just, they just want to talk to people. They just want to connect with people. So I stopped doing makeup because I realized it wasn't making me happy anymore. Mm. And with the pandemic, I feel like everybody kind of shifted their focus and they realized that some things are not as important as they were. I thought that seeing my name in, I don't know, Harper's Bazaar or seeing my name in somewhere, I don't know, El Grazia, I did all of those campaigns and editorials and I'm like, that's going to make me happy. But it didn't. So I was just trying to see what's going to make me happy. And actually connecting with people and sharing my story is what made me happy. And I mean, I'm sure you get this all the time. Like when you're sharing about your health and stuff, people are like, I feel seen. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. So Mm -hmm. when I I was in Croatia um, last November, and I'm like, I I post a lot. Like I post a lot of stories, whatever. And I was... I just had a random gynecologist checkup and they discovered this giant cyst. And I was like, what? I, I was, I was so um, taken aback because I really take care of my health. I'm mm-hmm. doing my checkups. I'm pretty healthy. Like I work out all the time. I live a healthy lifestyle in general. I'm like, how can this happen to me? And I didn't have any symptoms. So that was even more scary because people usually with endometriosis, mm-hmm. they have a lot of pain, painful periods and all of that. But I, I had an IUD, so I didn't mm-hmm. really bleed. And I was just like so weird. I was living a normal life. And then my gyno just told me, yo, you have this large cyst. It was like nine centimeters times seven. So it's like a size of an orange. Mm-hmm. And I decided to share it online because, I mean, I share a lot. And a lot yeah. of my followers are female. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this is probably way more common that we know and then as I started sharing it people were just writing in and they were like this happened to me this happened to me this happened to me this happened and I was like wow (laughs) and after my surgery after the cyst was sent to pathology I discovered it's endometriosis and then I started you know researching about it and getting educated and you know one out of 10 people one out of 10 women has it so it's way more common than we think. And I just think spreading awareness Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting checked is so much, you know, if you don't know what you have, it's going to be way harder down the line to kind of, you know, fix it because endo can cause infertility along the line. And if I didn't discover it right now, maybe I'm going to have issues one day when I have a kid, when I want to have a baby or something. So, I mean, everything happens for a reason. And Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my health story and my surgery was exactly a month ago mm-hmm. and I mean I'm still getting like I'm still recovering so yeah it's I mean let's see what happens right now I don't have any pain but they they said this can always come back and I'm pretty much you know I have to deal with this my entire life right now which I never expected but if I never went to this random gyno checkup I would never know 
Right, which is just a reminder to like one, not take your health for granted, even if you think everything's fine to do those routinely checkups. But two, in my case where I did have symptoms for years and years and years and I went to dozens of doctors before somebody suggested, oh, it might be endometriosis. Like, and then I postponed the surgery for a year and a half because I wasn't really hearing like, yeah, like it's probably this. I was hearing it could be, but it's really like exploratory. Like it's probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 i think it's just really we we live in a world where it's it's kind of crazy i mean like the national institute of health like the budget that they give endometriosis in a 40 almost 42 billion dollar budget is only 16 million dollars and for something that affects 1 in 10 women in the united states it's kind of jarring to be like wow like diabetes gets way way more of that budget um and Mm -hmm. and you know something that i think is like you're saying it's it's important to know because fertility relationships even i mean they Mm -hmm. they can crumble whether that's with your family whether that's with your significant other whether that's with your friends when you do really need that help i think is really really um important and that's also why i talk about it online but i think that sense of belonging in that sense of um togetherness and not feeling alone is the biggest thing that that propels me to share also so I'm glad that you also are sharing and you're you're opening up more about that because yeah since since both of our contents mostly for women uh I think it's just important that we normalize (laughs) talking about it I'm not saying go left and right sharing your health records online do not do not go do that um, but if you are compelled to share your story in some way, just can always shoot me a DM and you can always shoot Coco a DM. So just know that. Um, and then I guess the – was there anything else you wanted to say there? No. Um, yeah. I just oh. want to add one more thing when it comes to – yeah. I just want to add one more thing when it comes to checkups. A, mm-hmm. lot, a lot of girls were writing to me and they're like – in this country, we can't get a checkup. In this country, this happens. In that country, and I just said, you need to take control of your life and you mm. need to go to a private practice. And I know it's not cheap. Uh, it was not cheap for me either. But if you want to be on top of your health, like you need to be on top of it. You can't tell, you know, you can't wait for the government to tell you, okay, you can go for a exam every mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. or you can get a pap smear every three years or you can do this every five years. Obviously, they don't want to spend money on all these tests because it costs money for them. But you need to just, you know, again, take control and get that checkup if you Mm -hmm. want to be on top of it. Yeah, that's great, great advice. And again, look online, like use use user resources. There's a ton of books out there. I'm reading a book right now. Um, It's called... uh, what patients say and what doctors hear and i think it's a great book and you should all read it um and okay so it was breaking up i don't know if you asked me anything oh no no no. i was just recommending a book um to the to the people um it's called what what patients say and what doctors hear and it goes through this thing where we do live in a world where people can google their symptoms so they're coming to the table sometimes with a medical history and with ideas in their head about what they could have. But then the doctor's like, no, no, no. But it's like, we need to work together with the doctors. They're not your enemies. Even if you need to shell out some money, it is going to get you the help. Like I know sometimes that happens with therapy. I'm seeing like a private practice 
therapist right now and um, do I want to be seeing her? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think she's amazing, but like it's not affordable. And is it important that I get the help that I need in a certain area of my personal life? Like, yes. And so as I'm doing that, I think it's okay. And it it might not be for forever. Like it might just be the the middle ground Mm -hmm. to help you get healthy again and get to where you need to be and to heal. So I think that's important. Um, And last but not least, I wanted to ask you about like how do you set goals uh, for the future, whether that is in your business, your personal life, or your romantic life? Well, as I mentioned, I have a lovely boyfriend that we've been together for two years. And we actually met through a mutual friend, totally random. My friend was, when I first moved to Miami, she was staying with me and my boyfriend and she went to school together in mm-hmm. Michigan mm-hmm. and it was just like a random get together. I did not plan to be with him. He right. did not plan to be with me. We both just moved to Miami. So that's what I'm saying. Like you just have to open yourself sometimes, mm-hmm. like be receptive. So I'm happily in a relationship with him. We live together. We plan our you know, life together. We are not really rushing into getting married or having mm-hmm. kids or any of that, even though I am 31 and that's, question I get you yeah. know, every time I, <laughs> I I mention that I have a boyfriend and I'm over 30. Right. So when it comes to my romantic life, there's not much that I'm planning. I'm, we're just yeah. living day by day and enjoying a life. And I'm lucky that he understands my career. And he, I mean, a lot of guys would be very against me sharing, you know, so much online, but he, you know, he just understood that this is a part of me. And I was sharing so much, even since I was 16, I had a blog when I was 16. So I'm like, this is just who I am. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really change totally. it, nor I want to change that. Totally. When it comes to my career, I, I'm, I'm giving myself, you know, I, I do my vision boards and I do, you know, my journaling and stuff like that. And I love guided meditations where they like when I love this app called superhuman and when I'm doing my journaling I don't do it as often as I should honestly I don't know why I don't do it more often but I love when she's asking you questions like what is the most important for you what you want to achieve next year and that first thought that comes to your mind that is something that you need to pay attention to because that is something that you want and for example right now I have a podcast and I have Instagram TikTok I'm working on my YouTube but for example, I need to work on my YouTube more. So I, if, if it's important to me, I'm going to put it in my calendar. I'm going to put, let's say, an hour every day to just work on my YouTube. And I'm going to, whether what, what whatever that means for me, it might be, you know, maybe I'm just going to do some research about YouTube. Maybe I'm going to upload a video. Maybe I'm going to, I don't know, take a course. You need to schedule your time. And I'm not the best at scheduling my time because I work for myself. So I have so many things coming in all the time and I'm always trying to put, put out one fire and then the other, and then I get inspired to make a video and like, I can be a little scatterbrained sometimes, but you just have to write things down. I think that's the best way. Like you need to write things down. You need to learn how to schedule yourself to do things that, you know, are important to you. If it's your mental health, like I have my schedule when I'm going to the gym every day, I have my schedule when I'm you know, I, I'm trying to actually follow the schedule because sometimes I do put them in my calendar. Like, okay, I'm going to work on like today I had, I skipped an hour of doing emails because I was on another meeting, but I'm like, okay, I can do my emails later that day. So 
you don't have to be super hard on yourself if you don't follow your specific schedule, but you have to, you know, you have to put your goals down on a piece of paper and then just see how can I achieve this? So for example, if you want to start a podcast, what is the first step? Okay, obviously you need to buy a mic or you don't even have to buy a mic, but you should buy a mic. <laughs> you know, what is the first step? Buy a mic, um, get some headphones, I don't know, a uh, google how to set up your hosting site like it's the internet is a beautiful source of information so if you have a goal you just have to step by step how do i do this okay number one is this number two is that and then go down that list and make it happen i love all of that i'm a big proponent of make a blueprint um once you set out to do a goal and then just make it happen you either like you said, if you want something enough, you'll make time for it. And if not, then it's not a priority. And if it's not a priority, then there's your answer, right? You must not care enough. And that goes for dating. Also, oh my God, I don't know if you can hear this crazy wind in the background. <laughs> can you hear it? <laughs> oh wow, my God. that's wind? Yeah. I'm on the 18th floor on my building and the wind, it just like rained like crazy all throughout this. And now there's this like gorgeous sunset I'm looking at right now. But sometimes the wind just like it makes it impossible for me to do like <laughs> podcasting. It's just really it's really funny. Um, I'm sure that happens in Miami sometimes <laughs> with the <laughs> I'm going to to yeah, show you this. Miami, Miami rains are very interesting. They just come out of. Oh, that is a nice sunset. Right. It's so pretty. Oh, and that's pretty. my ring light, obviously. um yeah I I love Miami too um it's it's great it's great so um that's amazing is there anything else that we didn't didn't go over that you want to share not really I mean yeah I think we covered career we covered standards we covered dating we covered mental health I mean we covered a lot mental health vaginas (laughs) (laughs) um amazing well it's been amazing having you there's one more question that I ask every single guest which is what is your you know quote or mantra that maybe you live by or that's a favorite of yours that's kind of been a staple in your your life everything happens for a reason that's something that I tattooed on my back when I was 18 and I still live by it. And sometimes when you're going through these hardships and some really bad things are happening to you, you're going to later on, you're going to see why they happened and you're going to, you know, look back and tie those pieces together for, I'll, I'll give you my own example. If I, let's say stayed in that relationship that I was in and I stayed living in New York I would never move to Miami and I would probably not start posting these videos, things I wish on you before I moved to Miami. And I would not start posting on TikTok and God knows where my life would go. So even though I was going through something really traumatic and bad, it brought me to another place where I really found happiness and I really feel happy here. And I never really thought I'm ever going to move to Miami because it was always like a very you know, it's a party city, you know, but it really works here. It's, uh, you know, it's a vacation spot, but I made the best out of it and I'm really, really happy here. So everything happens for a reason. I love that. It has been so good having you. Where can the party people follow you on the internet? I'm also going to link it. So in case you don't catch this party people. (laughs) So my handle on Instagram and TikTok is Coco Beauty. Mm-hmm. It's spelled with a K, so K O K O B E A U T E. 
instead of a Y, there's an E at the end. Mm-hmm. And my podcast is called Bougie Best Friend. Heck, I also have yeah, an Instagram page for the podcast. And yeah, please tune in. Feel free to send me a DM, be a part of what will Coco do. And thank you, Gigi, for having me. This was wonderful. Of course, you are amazing, and I'm sure everybody will gain so much insight from this. Let us know if you like this episode, and as always, everything you need is within. All right. Bye, guys.